Before we dive right into this episode, I wanted to let you know about an awesome freebie we just created, a shot list template. I am a big fan of good photography for any brand, and shot lists are basically the critical planning steps for any photography process. I like to think of a shot list as a way to capture your essence for the photographer. The photographer's job is to make sure you look like you, and your job is to give them the stage so that you can shine. You're probably investing good money into your photos, so you want to make sure that you're capturing every element of your brand while you've got the time with them. Unless you have a history with your photographer, they likely don't know much about you, so a shot list is a great way to get them up to speed. This template will help you lay it all out, location, actions, props, and so much more. Check it out for free at philp.al slash shotlist and take all the guesswork away for planning that photo shoot. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Brand Therapy. I'm Phil. And I'm Lauren. And this is the podcast where we help you position, build, and promote your brand. Oh, honey, that's what we're doing today. We do it every day. But this is episode 91 of Brand Therapy. Can you believe that, Lauren Moore? 91. It's shocking. It feels like we've been doing this podcast for an eternity, but it also feels like we just started it. We're almost at 100 episodes, and you know for sure that's going to be a big celebration. (laughs) I don't know how but it will. I was looking in Asana and I saw episode 100s like on the horizon. And I thought to myself, I'm going to need to ask Phil in advance what he has cooking for this episode because otherwise it's going to be a last minute creative scramble. Completely. You know, I'll concoct my big celebration (laughs) ideas about "Mm, if you're lucky six hours prior, we need to do this. We need to do this. Pull audio from our favorite highlight episodes. Let's do a highlight episode. Find them quick. Igor, help. (laughs) Igor. Poor Igor. We need you to edit this. Yes. When we do the little intro, we say, position your brand, build your brand, promote your brand. Today is actually a slightly different focus from what you might expect two brand strategists to be talking about. This topic today is a hot one. It's inspired by some real live events, things that have happened to us in this year. Some things have flattered us. Some things have pissed us off. (laughs) And other things have actually prompted us to take mm, nearly legal action. And I think for some people, definitely legal action. We have been lucky to not have to cross that bridge. Have we ever? I'm trying to think. No. No. It's come close. Threatened. We've threatened. Yes. <laughs> of course, it's not a, not a lot. Not a lot. No, we're lucky. So. We're lucky. Yeah. But it is a risk. I mean, there's always risk in business. And even when business is fun, we love our jobs. We love to create beautiful brands. We love to launch brands and see people grow and make lots of money. There's risk involved. And sometimes, I mean, if you have a lawyer, you have someone involved with your business, you can forecast what those risks are. And that's always a good thing to do. But sometimes you have to react to situations that happen. And hopefully, some of you listening will relate to this idea of people ripping you off. Copycats. That's the topic on today's agenda. When you proposed this, I was thrilled, but also a little nervous because you're right. We have gone through copycat experiences of really like varying degrees of severity over the past nine whatever years of of working in branding. But 
I don't know, maybe we'll kind of do a little dishing this episode with some specifics. Let's dish. And I will say, over the years, people have come to me to get my opinion on this issue. I think due to the nature of what we do is focus on design, is focus on art. Sometimes before people react, be it a, a client or someone who follows on social media, I've had instances more than once where people have like messaged me and it's almost like before they react, they're wanting to know how would I react or how <laughs> I should advise them to react in these cases. This is a good question. Let this be the first topic of discussion on this topic of copycat, right? When is the appropriate moment to be flattered? When is the appropriate moment to be pissed off? <sighs> Well, and when is the appropriate moment to take legal action? Those are our three tunnels that we can go through. Unfortunately, with how I'm wired, I'm always going to be pissed off. But I do recognize that there is like flattery oftentimes in someone getting very strong inspiration from the creative work that you've done. I think before even asking which tunnel you belong in, I always try to put myself in the shoes of the copycat and think, why? Like what motivated this copycat incident? And then kind of try to work backwards from there. If the copycat incident is done from a really negative place, like for personal gain or for exploitation or out of a competitive thing, then that'll really determine how I react. If it's just like innocent and just outright inspiration, then that's when I have to really take a step back and think, okay, maybe I should be flattered. Yes. You and I react a little bit differently in these cases. I'd say that I'm probably a little bit nicer, maybe, in some of these cases in terms of flattery. I think it makes you angry because yeah. you think about the time, the work, the money that's gone into creating something creative. I mean, that's the nature of our business. For me, I think that in some instances and applications, I am a teacher, an instructor, an educator of sorts, right? And so when I see someone rip off something I've done, it could be a, a project page layout, it could be a website homepage. This is different than a, than a blatant copy. We'll get to that. Different than a blatant, actually, a website duplication, okay? Just so yeah. you know what's coming down this yeah, I uh, just show agenda um, <laughs> different. But you think of you, you ask yourself, is the person trying to learn something? I think that's what goes through your head is like, are they taking strong reference from my work because they're trying something new and they're trying to learn something themselves? And if so, that's fine. I think that's what you think, right? Right. In some cases, let's say it's a worksheet or it's um, something that I've created for one of my courses. Even, for example, let's say someone is inspired by how I do things in my online course, especially if it's a client, power to you. If I've given you instruction on how to go and do it, then you're allowed to follow that as closely as you want. Yeah. It becomes problematic when someone is making money off of something that I own. I think that's where it becomes problematic. If someone is, for example, packaging up something in something they sell that I obviously made becomes problematic if I wasn't hired to make that for them to be able to sell it in the first place. Which, That's the key. Which comes back to communication. You need to be communicating what's happening. You need to be upfront about that and always take precaution 
you know, a, a lot of his communication. But when it comes to some of those things, I don't get insulted if someone has been very seriously, strongly inspired by something I've made, because I think they probably view me as a leader or as an expert or as someone who's doing it the best way or doing it well, let's say. And chances are, if they inject their own style, and even a little bit of their own creativity or perspective into what they make, it's going to look different anyways. And it's for a completely different audience. So I'm not normally super upset. I normally think, wow, of all the people they pick to copy or be strongly inspired, as we say all the time, don't copy anyone, but be strongly inspired by what others are doing well. If people choose me, instead of like lots of other options of people that they could be strongly inspired by, then I take that as a form of flattery. So that's when I'm flattered. Great. A very noble position to take, I think. Maybe because I also am in the position of like having to create something out of nothing. And I remember creating my first worksheet and I remember creating, I think back to looking at my brand board that our designer Kostya made for me and me going, okay, how do I work within some of the parameters I have? Like a Google Doc, you're limited to Google Fonts, for example. Yeah you know, headers, footers in Microsoft Word. Like you, you know, you have to be aware of some of these constraints. So I guess I like relate to the creative standpoint of how do I create something that, you know, we're always looking for shortcuts. I mean that in a positive way, but sometimes the shortcut is too short because it's a blatant ripoff. Yeah, it's interesting. I can't remember where I heard this, but I remember reading or hearing that there's no such thing as a truly original idea. And I believe that. I think it's part of why there's no such thing as a bad idea in a brainstorm because it's a launching point that can get you to something greater and nothing's like truly, truly original. Do you remember one time where we were developing a brand identity with a client in events and we created a logo mark and concept and we're really close to wrapping it? And then he found something kind of similar online and was like, what do you think about this? Isn't this kind of a big problem? Because the logo mark was similar. And so it makes me actually think that seeing something similar out there is okay. Because I think that's just part of the creative process as long as you put your own spin on things. It's not necessarily a bad thing to be similar. What is bad is if the intent behind it is a negative one. I think that's, that's sort of the difference for me. Completely. I can think of three instances where we've designed a modern brand that you can find other things that look and feel similar, at least to the mark. But when you start to look at all the brand elements, so color, typography, all of those elements, when those are all kind of coming into play, it doesn't look the same. But particularly when you're designing a logo mark and you're going for something minimalist, you are going to find, it's just like, there's only so many things you can do. Yeah. Right? So you will find similarities. You shouldn't find an exact ripoff. That means you should probably go back to the the drawing board. But again, it's a conversation. It's not something to get like super angry about right away. If it's a creative discussion, you want to think about that. And if you're working with a designer or a branding team that is experienced, they're going to be wanting the best for you. There it comes back to your idea of intent. They're going to be wanting the best for you. So they're going to be wanting to be actively involved with making sure that what you create is unique and special and working for you to grow your business. Definitely. Definitely. So, okay. So I think the first thing... The first thing is like when to be flattered. Now we're crossing the bridge into when to be pissed off. 
Oh, God. So I get really, really mad when someone completely steals something that required a lot of time, a lot of thought, a lot of testing to arrive where you are, and then basically sells it as their own. Like that really, really bothers me. Yes. I'm sure it bothers you too. Well, so you're angered by essentially laziness. I'm angered by laziness. And I'm also angered by like a disservice too. This is like a double whammy for me because not only are you stealing something that's not yours and turning around and making money off of it, but you're also selling something that really shouldn't be that valuable since you stole it in the first place because it's coming from a stolen... So anyway, I guess I have a lot of complex feelings about this. How about you? Yeah, when someone's making money off of something that I've paid money or spent time on something to make, it makes me really angry. I just thought of a good example of this. I just thought of a good oh. example of this. And you're going to remember oh, it tell me. the minute I tell you. Oh, God. What is it? Do you remember when a social media channel that's actually not doing nearly as well as it once was decided to take my branded icon of Santa Monica and yes. use it for their location filter for LA? Snapchat. Snapchat. Snap freaking chat. So one day I'm on Snapchat, which doesn't, I don't even have the app anymore. One day I'm on Snapchat and I go to add my like cool LA little location filter and I'm scrolling through. And what do I see? My little Ferris wheel of Santa Monica that I've used as my LA icon that I had custom designed and paid custom made. to design for me. They had literally lifted it not modified one thing, but actually hand, and it looked so ugly, hand wrote Los Angeles to the side of the Ferris wheel Disgusting. in a different weight of line, which just is the icing on this very sour cake. Instagram would have never done that for the record. And you want to know what's even more disappointing is I contacted them about this. I was like, you don't have permission to use this. This is mine. I'll show you. I have proof. They just didn't even like, there was no, again, look how this comes back to communication. Yes, intent and communication. There was no way to actually have a dialogue about that with them. Uh, it took days. I mean, I guess now we realize they had bigger issues to worry about at the time. But that really pissed me off is when someone took it out of laziness instead of like, you've got a team, like go have someone design something original. Yeah. Great example. I'm glad I thought of that example. <laughs> I guess I know we're both like thinking of more and more things. No, but when you stop and think about it, it's actually wild how many times it's happened. But I guess yeah. due to the nature of what we do, it's bound to happen. Okay. Any other examples for when you're pissed off? Mm, I think I do. I do get kind of pissed off when someone steals like a system that's been developed or like a method of working that's been developed and tested and worked on and they just take it for themselves and use it on their own clients. That really irks me because that's like taking like a signature experience from like hotel or from a restaurant and like using it at your own hotel or restaurant. That's kind of how I see it. Do you believe the argument that imitators can never do it as well as the originators? Yeah, I do. But I do think it also cheapens the originators idea. Which is what makes you angry. Yes. Again, different if you're taking something and implementing it because you've read it on a blog post of yeah. ours or you've learned it in a course that you paid for. 
very different than being sneaky and ripping something off because you're lazy to go and do it yeah. yourself. How- yeah, I guess it, for me, it all comes down to laziness, I guess. Do you, laziness and principle. Do you have advice <laughs> for someone that wants to make sure they don't accidentally copy something? Well, I think that it's always important to figure out your own spin on things. And I also think it's really important to know down in your core what you think is better and what you think could improve an original concept. So for example, let's say we saw an Instagram template that we really, really loved and wanted to be strongly inspired by. I think it's okay to first replicate what you've seen so that you can get the bones of it and get the layout of it and create and apply your own thoughts and copy and images to it. I think that's fine. But I think if you are stealing like an artist, for example, you need to also ask yourself, okay, so now I've got this, how can I make it even better? Like what's lacking here? I think it's your responsibility to like contribute to what you've been strongly inspired by, a yes and kind of mentality instead of just outright ripping it off and swapping out the colors and fonts. When in doubt, have more than one strong source of inspiration. Yes. I would say if you've only got one thing that's strongly inspiring you, go back out to the pond and grab two more fish (laughs) and then put those three fish in a row to paint your own fish. I don't know what kind of analogy that is, but go back. Or to make sashimi. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) make sashimi. Go to Pinterest and find more examples or go to a great website that I love for designers called Behance, owned by Adobe. Again, don't copy anyone, but we would now one step further in defining what it means to be strongly inspired, have at least two, three or more sources of inspiration so you can identify, I like this about this, I like this about this, I like this about this, and following your own intuition and belief, I like my own ideas or I like this about myself and now you marry all of those together. Yeah, you bring up a good and kind of interesting point. Do you think that people imitate because they lack confidence or vision for themselves? Yes, I do. I think so it could be laziness, it could be that, could be lacking confidence in their own process or their own ideas. It could also be a combination of both. It could be a lack of time, Yeah. right? Maybe it's not they're lazy, but maybe they've got other priorities. So they need a, you know, they've got to hit a deadline. I think it's really important, especially now, it's easier than ever before to find someone who copies something you've made. What a perfect segue into where I'm going next, which is the ultimate warning of someone losing their job in my organization because they outright lazy copied something of ours. And I'll tell you how we found out. This is where we cross the bridge, the final bridge, from flattery to pissed off to threatening legal action. (laughs) You can't see my finger, but I'm pointing is when I had someone working for me who no longer works for me who duplicated a client website, changed the colors and a few elements, but even kept the same copy that you wrote and spent a lot of time on the phone with the client that the client paid for and made like the bare minimum changes, duplicated a website. And I mean, I don't mean rebuild it with two websites up on the screen. I mean, click a button in Squarespace that's logged into my account that says duplicate website 
and get this. Are you ready for the icing on the cake? You already know this, Tori, but I know I'm telling the icing, it to but you. T- no, you go. Didn't even have the nerve to change the contact email address on the contact form. So when this website went live, the first website inquiry went to my client who got the original and paid for the original design and paid a lot of money and then went, wait, why am I receiving an inquiry about like nursing something, wasn't it? It was something medical. It was this- Psychology, wasn't it? Stillbirth. Okay, receiving a message about a stillbirth. She thought it was spam or she thought someone was trying to trick her. Then goes to the website for the person whose message this was intended and sees her exact website with different colors. This happened this year. And I'll tell you, we acted on that one fast. And that person was out of our business and luckily, if you use a tool like LastPass, they should sponsor our podcast. If you use a tool like <laughs> LastPass, we were able to kick her out, change passwords, and be you know safe and secure about it, and then communicate with the client. Thankfully, in this case, she was super understanding the client and felt really bad that this was something we had to deal with. And boy, did we deal with it. Yeah, I freaking hate her. She won't ever see this if it's if she's looking at if anyone's watching this on the social media version because I've blocked her literally everywhere. I never want her in my life again. I think it's important to just bring up the fact though that it does happen and this happened to it us does. quite recently. And it, does. it takes a lot of time to deal with reactively, which there are always going to be cases, right? Especially as businesses are growing, you're looping more people into what you're doing. You yourself are growing as a brand and people are like wowed and amazed by what you're doing. They're going to want to look at you and get ideas. And there's a time to be flattered. There's a time to be pissed off. And there's a time to take legal action or at least threaten to take that first step because uh, it costs a lot of money to get get a lawyer involved. If you can avoid that, great. But sometimes you need it. Sometimes you need it. So what do you think is different with this example compared to like ripping off a worksheet design? So in this case, it was something that was sold. It was my intellectual property that I passed or ownership passes on to the client. And it was something that was sold. And so it's all of the negative things that we've talked about. Laziness. Yeah. I think it's vindictive. I think it's... It's um, a breach of confidentiality. Breach of confidentiality and contract. Yeah. And the lack of communication, I think, is what makes me the most angry, actually, of all of it. It's not necessarily just breaking a contract, but it's doing something malicious and then thinking that I'm never going to find out about it. Yeah. And also never admitting to it. So there were a number of lies told in that sequence, and that's... That's a whole story for another day. We'll get too heated talking about that. Yeah, that's how to deal with a psychopath. That'll be the follow-up episode. <laughs> it <Sorry>. was lie <laughs> after lie after lie and just no admission to, you know what, I did something wrong. Let me make this right. So that person no longer works with us. And you've taken the time to listen to us talk about at least the three stages of like, maybe how to react in cases like this. Should you be flattered? Should you be pissed off? Should you take legal action? It's not just one or the other. It could be a combination of these things. Yeah. So I think if we're to sort of like tie this episode up with a bow, the three steps of dealing with the copycat. First, ask yourself why. Then consider that the behavior you ignore is the behavior you condone. Thank you, Susan Salgado. 
and ask yourself what happens if I don't address this. So for example, for like light creative inspiration, what happens if you don't address it? Well, they might keep kind of being strongly inspired by you, but is that really going to rock the boat? No. What happens if you don't address a website being stolen? That could actually be really, really bad and affect a ton of people in the long run. And then I guess the last thing is to ask yourself like what you can do or if you can even stop it from happening again. So in our case, we learned LastPass is critical because then we're not giving the keys to the whole kingdom to people and we can cut them off if needed. Checking your contract. If you drafted it a few years ago, making sure that you're still covered and actually paying, you know, hiring a lawyer to make sure you're covered in those cases. It's always yeah. better to be proactive. It's like insurance. It's always better to be proactive than reactive. Always. Yeah. And I think as part of that exercise, when you're hiring a lawyer to create contractor agreements or or even client contracts for you, allow yourself to go and think of the worst case scenario and anticipate it because worst case scenario that it doesn't happen but best case scenario, you've already got that contingency plan ready to go and know what your rights are and what you can do in that situation. There you go. Some ideas, some tools, some resources, some friendly reminders on how to deal with this. Has this happened to you? Has it? That's what I want to know. That's what we want to know. Hashtag brand therapy to continue this conversation. I'm at Phil Palin. I'm at the Lauren Moore. By the way, if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you leave us a review in the iTunes store that helps other people discover this podcast that we work very hard to create. And of course, you'll see us back for our next episode. Until then, I'm Phil. She's Lauren. This is Brand Therapy. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you next time. 